Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses, and decide, is the game good by today's standards, and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played Aladdin for the Sega Genesis. Aladdin is the timeless story of Simba, a young lion who just can't wait to be king. Really? <laughs> I think so, right? That's the that's the story of Aladdin, right? I uh, I, I can't do it anymore. What? Like, I can't. This is the thing. Like, I, what am I supposed to say? It's a game based on a movie. Obviously, Aladdin is the story <laughs> of Aladdin. He finds a lamp. There's a genie. You know, he could uh, save all of his friends who are impoverished, but no, he decides to get the girl because that's what you use your wishes for i guess he doesn't have it's aladdin you all know aladdin he doesn't have any friends how could he save all of his friends <laughs> like all of the like the movie opens and he's like this this hero of the people he's given the bread to the starving little children and now he has infinite power and he can do whatever he wants he could you know feed all of the poor children of the world but no he wants to get the girl it's Aladdin. It's a timeless tale. That's Featuring a- Will Smith, everybody's favorite genie. <laughs> uh, the best version of Aladdin. The live action version. It's honestly not bad. I watched it recently and I was I was pleasantly surprised. That is about the summary, in my opinion, of every live action Disney remake. Eh, not bad. See, I really liked uh, Beauty and the Beast and I really liked Aladdin. I didn't watch Lion King, and Mulan was just okay. I haven't seen Mulan yet. Uh, I didn't. I don't think I watched Lion King either, because I was off put by Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. Jungle Book was pretty good, but I was like, I don't know about these. I don't know Disney. Was Jungle Book like a official Disney movie? I can't even remember. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> well, we got off a to a great start. Yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about Disney this month. Happy December. What did we? (laughs) December. (laughs) Yeah, December. Like literally just how the month is always pronounced, but with D-I-S instead of (laughs) D-E-C. Oh man, what is happening? Uh, Yeah, we played played Aladdin. We're We're doing Disney games. Yeah, we played the Genesis version of Aladdin, which if you've never played it before or seen it before, it's kind of just like a side-scrolling platformer, I guess, and you are Aladdin, you've got a sword and a pocket full of apples, and you're on a mission to get the girl. I, it's it's really that simple. It's not the most complex game in the world, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good one, and it's some one that's definitely worth talking about. I love the pocket full of apples. You have a pocket that can hold about 99 apples if you don't throw it. Yeah, them. It, it's, you know, it's, I like that they made it realistic and it caps out at 99 apples because those are baggy pants. You could right? probably fit 99 <laughs> apples in them, but a hundred, that's just, you know, that's a, that's a little bit too far. Let's keep uh, it realistic, grounded. You know, I, I want my Aladdin game to be grounded and gritty. Oh man. Yeah, this uh, there's like a lot of versions of this game too. By the way, this is the the version made by Virgin, who also made The Lion King. But there's a version made by Capcom. There's like an NES version. I had the Game Gear version growing up, which I liked. I don't I don't know if it's still good or anything, but um, I saw there was a Game Boy version. There is a Game Boy version. And it's actually a bonus feature on the the Disney Classics Aladdin Lion King remaster thing, which is how I played this oh. game. Interesting. Yeah, they didn't uh, put you know the I don't know dozens of other versions on on it, but you know you got the the Game Boy version of it if you want that. There's also a a, a trade show demo, which is kind of cool. Final cut version, <laughs> and then the original version. That sounds like those like Contra collections where they like they dig up like every half version that ever existed and throw it on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the the final cut version on that collection, they actually do like bug fixes and they tweak the camera and I think they expanded on like secret areas and stuff. Uh See, that's nice. That's yeah. some good features. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh it it gives you a little like pop-up dialogue 
uh, when you start that version and it's like, these are some features that we added that we think the developers would have put in the game if they would have had more time, uh, which I think I, I, I read that, uh, this game had to come out, uh, to coincide with the release of Aladdin on VHS or something. And so they had maybe like three quarters of the time that they would have had to develop the game. So maybe there was some crunch. I don't know. Uh, but the final cut version uh, does some things. It improves the game in a few ways. Well, do you want to take a look at the Genesis version and see what it does well? Yeah, let's get into it. All right, for me, I think the number one thing has to be that the animation in this game is great. Mm, yeah. And I, I don't know what it is about it. Like, it doesn't look like normal 16-bit sprites. It looks more like actual cartoon animation. And I saw when I was poking around that they actually had Disney animators help with some of the animation in this game, which I think explains some of that. Uh, I think the Wikipedia page actually said this is the first game to ever use hand-drawn animation. Um, hand-drawn animation? Yeah, they, they did some hand-drawn animation, and then it was converted to sprites somehow. Interesting. So, I would be yeah. interested to see what sort of process they did to convert it from a hand-drawn animation into sprites. But it worked because it doesn't look like a normal 16-bit sprite at all. It, it looks more like the cartoon, especially if you play with the scan lines turned on so you get like a little bit more of that like classic look. I noticed uh, that seemed to help a lot. Yeah, and it so the, the Super Nintendo version was made by Capcom, and I played a little bit of that to sort of reference... Uh, the differences in the two. And the Genesis version stands out a lot more when you look at the Super Nintendo version because it doesn't seem like the Super Nintendo version had the same sort of care put into it with the the hand-drawn animations and stuff. And it, it, it seems to me that there was a lot of resources put into the visual component of the Genesis version, which probably wasn't the case for the other versions of it. We should probably get this out of the way right off the bat that there is a, a pretty big rivalry. There's a pretty big debate between the Sega Genesis version and the Super Nintendo version of this game. And we've decided not to cover both of those on the same episode because after playing a little bit of the Super Nintendo one, we realized that they are completely different games. They are both based on Aladdin, but like just from playing three or four levels of the Super Nintendo ones, it really couldn't be more different from this Sega Genesis game. Yeah, they're not, um, I mean, in the way that video games take liberties with, uh, in the way that licensed video games tend to take liberties when they're based on movies, uh, both feel like they're strange interpretations of uh, Aladdin. And the Super Nintendo version feels a lot more uh, how do I say it? You're like bouncing on top of enemies and stuff and you don't have a sword. It feels a lot more like running and platforming, whereas the yeah. Genesis version feels a little bit more... Not, combat focused. Yeah, combat focused. I don't want to say it's like not a platformer because it's definitely a platformer, but it feels a little bit less like you're sprinting and jumping over gaps. Like the Super Nintendo version has a run button. Uh, like a traditional, you know, Mario style platformer. The Genesis version doesn't. It has a button to throw apples, has a button to jump, and has a button to swing your sword. And that's it. And that's all it really needs, actually. Uh, I think it, it did. One of the things that I have that it did well was the game feel is pretty good on it. Uh, the the jumping feels good. The, the speed feels good. Um, the game feels fun to play. Yeah, I agree. That was my second point on here, too, is that the game is fun. Like, it, it does a good job. I'm kind of actually disappointed that I played some of the Super Nintendo one. Like, it was good to have the comparison, but now I'm, like, here, like, trying to figure out, like, which one did I like better? But in actuality, like, I, I had fun with both of them. This game was a lot of fun, and it, I don't know, like, I've played a lot of these um, Disney versions of, of you know, or, you know, 
retro game versions of Disney movies, I should say. And um, some of them are like so hard that they're not fun. Like I'm thinking of the second level of Lion King that I never got past. <laughs> um, I didn't really have that experience today with, with Aladdin. Like it, it was fun. I had a good time with it. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing like on the game feel like kind of being fun that I have written down was like, you can block projectiles with the sword and you can kind of get into sword fights and the screen will flash white when you kind of clash yeah. swords with somebody. And it just, it, it overall makes for a really fun, uh, experience. Um, yeah, the game just feels fun. feels good to play. One of the things that goes along with that is that they did a good job of kind of mixing it up. You have your regular levels, like Dan was talking about, where it's more of like a little bit of platforming, a little bit of like combat, and then you have like a flying level when you're on the on the carpet. You have this like crazy genie level that's like uh, a, a platformer, but like it's more wacky than all the other platforming levels, I guess. And then you have like these mini games that are thrown in, and the, for a game that's not very long, they managed to get a lot of variety into it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And one of the things I have written down that kind of goes with that point some is I I said it does an interesting job of showing off the locations of the movie. (laughs) I was trying to figure out how to say like, well, it's kind of it. At first, I was like, it kind of does a good job of representing the movie. But then when you think about it, it's like, no, actually, it does a pretty mediocre job of telling the story of Aladdin, how it's actually told in the movie. But the locations in the game actually map well to the movie. Yeah, I think we'll definitely get to uh, how accurate it was to the plot of the movie when we get to the second part of this episode. (laughs) Um, I didn't play through the entire Super Nintendo one. I only got through uh, like four levels, I think. And that one actually did seem to be closer to the actual story, um, this one. Not so much, but you're right. It does show off a bunch of different locations from the movie, and they took advantage of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The next point that I have is that the game feels difficult but doable. Now, is that your experience with it, or is that just me? Um, So it kind of depends. Like, I did have that feeling for most of the game, and then you hit some areas where it just was like, really hard the game is generous with checkpoints and it's really generous with like extra lives and continues like i had no problem uh like storing up a ton of lives and continues because they have this gem system where you collect these red gems and then there'll be a guy that sells extra lives and he also sells continues and uh there's also this little mini game after every level where you can turn your gems into more lives and stuff so I thought it was really generous in that way. Like if you wanted to like really challenge yourself and push yourself through it, like you could, but there were some levels that were, man, like really hard. Like, especially I'm thinking of the, the flying carpet and the lava and, uh, it's sort of like the turbo tunnel from Battletoads. And there's one part at the end where like, it's giving you these prompts where it's telling you like, go up, go down. And then there's this part at the end where it's just like, I don't know, good luck, and hopefully you don't run into anything and you just got to guess, and you don't even have like time to react. You have to memorize it. So it is hard. It is challenging. I think they did some of that, like adding some of the difficulty into it to make up for the fact that the game is so short, but it didn't feel like unfair. It just was, it was difficult. So I, I would think I agree with you. So there's like a couple of points that kind of come up f- for that. The first thing with the uh, the magic carpet, or the, the lava turbo tunnel section. Um, it sounds like you tried to save state your way through it. Uh, the actual, <laughs> if you fail that level enough times, uh, it just moves you on. It's a bonus level. Oh, see, I did. I did use some save states <laughs> at the beginning, at the beginning of that level, because you can't actually save state in the middle of that level. Cause everything's going so fast that like, I, I never could, make a save state and then not run into something as soon as I loaded it. So I had to make one at the beginning of the level and I did eventually get through it and like memorized it enough. But if I hadn't used save states, I would have burned through like almost all of my lives and continues to do it. Yeah. I don't think it takes your lives away when you fail that level. I mean, I could be wrong, oh. but yeah, like I, I think I know. <laughs> right. I tried to, so I played this game on the remaster collection on PS4 and I tried to, uh, 
not use rewind for the most part for like 95% of it. I didn't use rewind. Um, and so that's how I discovered that if I fail enough, it's just gonna, it's just gonna move me on. Um, that's good to know. I, I so I played it on the actual Sega Genesis cartridge, but on a Retron, so I was able to make save states. But yeah. see, that actually bit me in the butt because I. But it was nice. I got to actually, uh, you know, work it until I figured it out. So they each have their own pros and cons, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing was I started a second playthrough because I did the first, uh, my first playthrough on like the original Genesis version. The only time I really used rewind for the majority of the game was on the the slot game where you can lose all of your gems if you get a Jafar <laughs> head. Um, and then I kind of hit this wall like towards the end of the game where I was like, I got to I have to beat this game. I just I can't anymore. Um, so I started a second playthrough uh, kind of liberally using rewind and i found that the second time through i i felt like the game felt more doable i felt more comfortable with it um and i was using rewind a little bit more so that could have like colored my view on it a little bit but i feel like on the whole if you played this game enough like you could really get through it without a ton of trouble it seems like it seems doable it doesn't seem easy necessarily without a bunch of work, but it doesn't feel impossibly hard. The only thing that felt like kind of like cheap hard to me was the final boss. And not even like the first half, it was when Jafar turns into a snake and there's just fire everywhere and you can't stop. Uh, that was that was kind of hard. But beyond that, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, and and we'll, we'll get to that. I think <laughs> I have a few points. Uh, and what the game doesn't do so well. But um, I think on the whole, <laughs> the game is is difficult but doable. I like that. Difficult but doable. All right. For me, the last thing that stands out of what this game does well is that the music. The music is excellent. They actually used the music from the movie. Unlike uh, Space Jam, if you've heard our Space Jam episode, you would know that I was absolutely incensed that they didn't even bother using that classic soundtrack. You do not have that problem here. They take the music from the movie. They use it very well. The the, um, original music that's not from the movie also uh, was really good. I I thought the music was great. Yeah, I totally agree. I also have the music, and I'm glad you went there. Uh, Disney movies, just generally, the soundtrack is always very catchy. Yeah. And so when you take to when you take a, a catchy soundtrack and you make it chip tune, it's just what what more do you want? It's just it's Nothing. great. That's it's it. Good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you get a bunch of chiptune versions of a lot of the great songs from Aladdin, and uh, yeah, the soundtrack is really great. The remastered collection just has like a soundtrack mode where you can just like listen to all the songs. Don't know that I'll ever do that, but I didn't have a bad time like going through and capturing you know the music to to to, to put in the episode that you're probably hearing right now. Um, but yeah, soundtrack, fantastic. What about you, Dan? Do you have anything else that you think the game did well? I have one last point, and you already mentioned it, but I actually have it as a point that the game did well. I actually have the currency system uh, as something the game does well, the gems where you find the the dealer and you know you can buy a life or you can buy a continue with these gems. And the reason that I think it's a good system is it's a bit like in Mario, there's a bunch of coins everywhere and you get an extra life for every 100 coins you collect, which is great, but it's it's almost just like the coins are kind of take it or leave it. Yeah. In this game, the gems actually have a lot more value. So it, it incentivizes you to explore for secret areas and it feels like it's pretty rewarding when you do explore and when you are collecting these gems, uh, especially when you can buy continues with them, you know, because the game is hard. So I really like that they, they did this interesting currency system. I mean, it's pretty simple overall, like you buy lives or continues, but 
I'm glad that it's in the game, and I think it was a, a good use of the lore because I think <laughs> the the guy that you're buying the the stuff from is actually the guy who starts telling the story of Aladdin from the movie. Yeah, um, who I think ends up being the genie, right? I don't remember. Maybe? It's been so At long end, since I watched I don't Aladdin. I remember either. I think that he was the genie all along. <laughs> so yeah. But uh, that's the. I think that's the last point that I have was uh, the the currency. All right. Well, let's move on to what the game doesn't do so well. Jordan, so the first thing that I have that the game didn't do so well, and I don't know, the camera was kind of jarring when I played it at first. I think I got used to it over time, but it felt like the camera moved a little too much. Did you have that experience? Um, No, I didn't even notice that, but that's not something that I would ever have noticed. It was almost just like I would uh, try to maybe inch forward to make a jump or something and the camera would move more than I thought it should, or it it just felt sensitive and it's more pronounced, uh, in comparison. Cause one of the things, one of the features of the, the final cut version is you can actually tweak the way that the camera acts. And so it acts a little bit more like a, a normal camera, but yeah, I found when I was first getting into this game, I was like, man, this, feels like it's moving a lot more than it should interesting nope i didn't notice that but i i uh generally don't know enough about video games to have focused on something like that (laughs) fair enough all right we'll just say maybe you'll have an issue with the camera maybe you won't (laughs) (laughs) one of my biggest complaints about this game was that it is just so short Wow. I think that like I think that how long to beat says it's about an hour and I think that you know I use save state so there's there's some of that in there but I think that I beat it in just over an hour and it just felt like it flew by. I don't know how long my playthrough was. Maybe hour and a half to 2 hours. Um it does not feel like a long game. Uh I <sighs> When I got to the, and I have a whole list of like level complaints, um, but when I got <laughs> to the in inside the lamp level, that's when the game really slowed down and I had to use a bunch of lives and a bunch of continues to get through that because I was like, I'm not rewinding, I'm not rewinding, I'm not rewinding, I'm not rewinding. So even when I would make stupid mistakes, I wouldn't rewind. Yeah. And I feel like that level probably took me a good 20 to 30 minutes to get through. Dang. Uh, so, <laughs> well, I was right at the end once, and it it killed me in a dumb way. So it sh- it shouldn't have taken me that long. But there's a there's a a continue or like a what do you call that? Like a rest stop. I think they call it like a little genie thing that you touch and it lets you. What do they call that? A checkpoint. Checkpoint is the word <laughs> I'm looking for. There's a checkpoint right near the end of that level, like comically close to the end of that level, and it's like, why is this even here? It's just there to taunt me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know that that was where I, I hit the wall, though, was that level. Um, so the reason that I have the game being so short as such a bad thing is because I think that it leads or stems from maybe a couple of the other issues that I have with this game. And one of those is just these, they put gotcha traps in there in a bunch of places that I feel like are only there because they wanted to try to make the game longer. I, I, it was just a lazy way to compensate for the game being so short. And I feel like some of the like unfair, difficult things that they put in are only there to make the game longer. And I don't like that. Don't do that. Yeah, I, uh, I guess this is a good time for me to bring up my list of uh, yeah, random. Yeah, go for it. Let's hear it. Random particular complaints with the environment slash level design. Uh, gotchas of sorts. 
in the dungeon level, it was hard to see some of the environmental things. Like you have these spikes coming out of the walls. You have these bricks that are kind of going in and out. And sometimes it's hard to see like where you're supposed to go because everything is like two shades of blue. Yeah. And it's like, ah, this is a little bit harder than it probably should be. Or I'm taking damage from these spikes popping out of the wall because I couldn't really see that there were spikes there. Um, I don't know. Uh, and there's these skeletons I also have written down that they blow up and they shoot bones everywhere, which is, yeah, it's, and it's, it, it's if fine. If it blows up, it kills you. It doesn't matter if it's anywhere on the screen, like the bone shards shoot all the way across the screen and kill you. I, I hated that. Well, and that's just the thing. Like it, it's a fine, it's not necessarily like a bad enemy design, but the bones go through walls. And so <laughs> the way that the level is laid out is like, so it kind of does this zigzag thing. And it has you, you know, drop down to this one area. And then there's an area that I don't know if you were in previously or you're not able to get to quite yet where I don't know if it killed me or just inconveniently damaged me. But it was like the guy at the top right of the screen damaged me at the bottom left and he wasn't even in the same section of the level. And I'm like, this is dumb. Like, why can he hurt me from over there? I can't even do anything about it. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. There's... It's just some stuff like that in this game. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that was all in there. If there were things that they made extra hard to make up for the the game being short, but that's just the way I perceived it. So yeah, that's well, why that's on my list. It's not even all the. Uh, oh, you got more. Oh, Let's dude, hear. I've got a list. <laughs> uh, in the Cave of Wonders escape, you're like, uh, you got these giant boulders chasing you. Yeah. And sometimes it's one of those like, oh, the boulder didn't hit me, but the game thinks that it hit me. And that's an instant kill. So now I'm redoing it. I'm redoing this stupid section again for the seventh time, you know, like, oh, I had it, but it thought that it touched me and it, it killed me. I'm like the collision here is dumb. I have that the inside the lamp level was where the game just became a huge chore because there's so many different um there's like the, most of the the platforms in this level you can like fall through them if you're not jumping constantly yeah and then it's got these like hand platforms that kind of fade in and out of the background and it just sometimes they're there or you can't quite see them or there's these genie heads that float and you have to like jump from genie head to genie head to like hang on to one. And there's like a whole, you know what? It's just, it's annoying. I, I didn't like, I don't remember having an issue with that level. Um, I don't remember it taking me very long or anything, but now that you're saying that there was a lot of stuff in that level where you kind of had to like go at it blindly where the next platform was slightly off screen and so you kind of had to like move really slowly in a spot where you don't really want to move slowly you want to like be moving quickly from thing to thing and like you're right those hands would be like off screen or you wouldn't like see them and then like you'd these genie heads would be hidden behind like the the wispy blue thing that you could fall through and so there was a lot of stuff in that level now that i go back and think about it that was just kind of strange yeah the whole level is basically gotcha traps I mean, it's, it's, it's an entire level of like, <laughs> just trying to screw the player. Um, yeah, it was where the game, it's where I started to question how much fun I was having with the game. Um, <laughs> That's funny. I never got there. I, I, yeah. I didn't play it long enough to ever question. I was just like, this is good. I'm having fun. I'm zipping through it. And uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't ever get to the point of being like frustrated to wanting to quit. Well, like I said, I was trying to be intentional about not save stating my way through it or not rewinding. And I was trying to play it like I was, you know, the game was originally intended. So there was a bit of stubbornness on my part of like, no, I'm going to beat this. It's me versus the game. I'm going to do this. And then it, that's where I broke down. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to rewind because I'm having a bad time <laughs> and I should have beat this level already. So we're just we're just going to go. Yeah. Um, and then I just have one more thing. Sometimes the the uh, the the foreground parallaxing gets in your way. Like in the palace, you have to jump over some spikes. Yeah. And sometimes there's like pillars that are kind of in front of the spikes and you don't really know how to position yourself and the spikes are basically as wide as your entire jump. 
Yeah. So you kind of have to do it precisely. And so there are some instances in this game where it's a little bit hard to to see where you're supposed to go or what you're supposed to be doing because the foreground gets in the way. Um, yep. Again, just like a minor like level annoyance. Generally speaking, like foreground parallaxing is cool because it adds kind of a uh, an interesting effect to the game, but it's not cool when I'm taking damage because of it. Yeah, totally agree. All right, um, I, I have I have more uh, things that I think have to do with the shortness of the game, Dan. <laughs> that tie into it at least, and this is actually a, a pretty big one, and we've kind of mentioned it earlier, but. This game is not super true to the movie story at all. It's missing some key scenes and songs, and you're like, the game was so short. Like, maybe they were on a crunch, and that's why we don't have all this stuff. But it's just like, it's not like they didn't have more uh, material to to use. You don't get any of the Prince Ali, which could have been an awesome, like, jumping from animal to animal level uh, and I'm just like, where where was Prince Ali? That's one of the most iconic scenes from the movie. You don't you don't get any of that. The early game, the first few levels, kind of just do their own thing. It makes up its own story. Like it ignores the whole part of Aladdin saving Jasmine, and it has this weird like thing where you go on a scarab hunt quest and like you're collecting flutes and stuff. And you're like, this, this is not this is not the movie Aladdin. There's the <laughs> part when you're in the cave of wonders. <laughs> And in the Cave of Wonders, like the whole thing is like you can't touch anything because if you if you touch and you take the gold or whatever, then you know you're gonna set off the whole magical trap that kills everybody that goes in there. That's the whole point of the Cave of Wonders is that they have to go through there and avoid temptation. And there's this scene in the movie where there's this big monkey and a boo takes the gem from it, and that's what creates the whole like awful lava triggering the escape scene thing. And in in the game, for some reason, that monkey there is like in the level like eight times. And what you're supposed to do is go through and um, knock it over a bunch of times. You have to knock over the monkey statue. And it's like, wait, no, that's the whole opposite point of the movie, which don't touch the monkey statue in here. Now they have you purposefully touching it. And I'm like, what did you do? Why are you changing things in the story that don't need to be changed? And why are you taking things out? And it, oh man, it kind of irked me. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, you have to destroy the monkey statues. You don't knock them over, but... <laughs> well, okay, you're destroying them. You're not supposed to touch them, Dan. Don't touch them. Don't destroy them. Why are there eight of them? There should only be one. <laughs> I feel like this is a classic uh, problem with licensed games, like I said earlier. They have to somehow take liberties. Um, I know with the Game Gear version, there's a uh, a whole new world level where you're like on the date with Jasmine flying in, on the magic carpet, and right, where's that? Another iconic scene that's just not in the game. It would have been perfect for another flying level. <laughs> right. And then there's a palace level in the Game Gear version where I think you actually are dressed up as Prince Ali. So I don't know, man. I don't know what happened here or what liberties each team had to take to make this game happen. Or I don't know. I feel like I feel like it comes with the territory of licensed games. But at the same time, I feel like it's a valid criticism if we're going to just <laughs> be, you know, completely honest about the game. <laughs> Not, I, think it's, uh, I think it's a valid criticism to say that the, the game based on the movie is missing key stuff from the movie and changed key stuff from the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is, is it's, it's a valid criticism. It's a silly criticism, but it's valid. Why is that silly? If you buy a licensed game based on a movie that you like and then it's not at all like the movie that you like, then what's the point of the license? Because you nobody's watching the cutscenes. Nobody knows it's not accurate. <laughs> that Dan, you want to know another thing that I have on my list? This game doesn't have cutscenes. You just get some text walls of text and uh, <laughs> static images. I noticed in my very short amount of playtime with the Super Nintendo version that they actually had real animated cutscenes, and I was a little bit jealous that we didn't get that in the Genesis version. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't have done December. We should have just done Aladdin... <laughs> two, two, two Aladdin episodes <laughs> to compare the two back to back. Back to back. Yeah, and uh, it's not like you can really do like a like how we've done in the past where you play two versions of the same game because it's just not it's not the same game they're based on the same movie but they are not the same game not at all 
Dan, you want to know something else about this game that just really was getting to me? <sighs> Probably not. <laughs> so Aladdin in the movie, right? Aladdin, he's a he's a street thief. He has to steal food to survive because he's he's basically starving to death, right? He he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have a job, doesn't have any means to to get food. And so we see him in the opening scenes of the movie, he's stealing food to eat, and sometimes he's even giving away the food that he stole to other people who need it more than him. But what does this what does this game do? It has him use apples as his main projectile. <laughs> There is no way, it's highly unrealistic, Dan, that a street thief who steals food to survive, he would not throw away any precious uh, apples. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, it took me right out of it. I, I can suspend my belief right so far to say there are genies, there are flying carpets, monkeys aren't just an awful nuisance, but they can be a cute sidekick. I can suspend my disbelief that far, but... A street thief throwing away apples? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I just can't buy it. I can't buy that it took you right out of it because you're throwing apples immediately into the game. You don't even have time to get into it before you're throwing apples. So, <laughs> right? It just slaps you in the face with it. It's like you know what? We know that this is ridiculous. We're just gonna hit you right off the bat with it and hope that you don't think about it. Well, what should he have thrown instead? What should he have thrown? Rocks? I don't know. They're in the desert. There's rocks everywhere. Yeah, well, he's running around a marketplace, though. I don't... I mean, maybe. Actually, <laughs> I think he does throw rocks in the Game Gear version. <laughs> See? Somebody there had some integrity. They're like, you know what, guys? This doesn't make sense. All we have to do is color that same spike gray, and now it's a rock. Man, uh, the more I keep thinking about the Game Gear version, the more <laughs> it might be the definitive version of Aladdin. <laughs> 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 uh do you have anything any any other tiny nitpicks before we move on to some other points jordan no that's gonna be it for me those were yeah. not tiny nitpicks though those are about, game about breaking. done I, I think i'm done all right i got i got a couple couple more points here let's hear it uh this one's kind of nitpicky uh there's lots of jafar heads in the genie slots game there are so you get you pick up these you pick up these genie tokens throughout the level, and they give you spins uh, to get extra lives or extra apples or extra gems. And if you hit a Jafar head, you lose all your spins. And the the game itself is kind of like the Mario Two game where you get you know chances at extra lives. But this slots game. Is so annoying because I feel like there's like twice as many Jafar heads as everything else. It's like I don't think that it's like a it's not like a roulette wheel like in Mario where you can like kind of time it. Yeah. This one it's like totally random, but it's definitely weighted more towards Jafar because you're right. Like I would wait until I saw Jafar and then hit the button right away, thinking like, oh well, I just saw one. There's no way it's gonna come up again. But then it would be like right back there, and then boom, there goes all your genie tokens. Yeah, it was is it was really annoying. And it was like, I'm just going to keep rewinding. And as much as I rewound that section, I was like, ah, there is a lot of Jafar here. This feels not But like, did you, not did you really need the stuff from there? Like, I felt like I had so many lives and continues and stuff. Like, I felt like I didn't need it. So it was okay. Did you feel like you needed, like you were desperate to get those gems and lives and stuff from that? What I was trying to make sure that I could do was to beat the game without really save stating or rewinding. So that was like, oh, well, just let me stock lives or stock the currency here just to make sure that I can get through the game. Um, All right, I got you. Yeah, it wasn't that I necessarily needed it. I probably beat the game with, I don't know, four continues left and a a few lives. But uh, I was trying to be overly cautious. That makes sense. Uh, The last thing that I have... Is the boss fights? I don't think any. You of say the, boss fights plural, like there was more than one. There was more than one, Jordan. What are you talking about? In Tell the me, okay, maybe so the flute level where you're, it's like the third level or whatever. You're in yeah. there. You got to fight the guy for the scarab. 
not a bad fight. Oh, and then okay. You, you there was like a little mini boss, like a little. Well, you just jumped well, on his head a couple times. No, you didn't. That was the, that was the uh, the the Super Nintendo version. Oh my um, goodness, they're blending together. What did you do? Yeah, Tell me about. Yeah, it. I don't know. He's trying to swing a sword or throw knives at you or something, and you're trying to block him. So after you beat him, you. Uh, then go up top and you're fighting one of the palace guards who's like Donkey Konging barrels down at you. And when you jump on the top oh, platform, he's yeah. throwing knives at you. And then in the Cave of Wonders, there's like a golden monkey statue that's like teleporting around and you got to fight that. Oh, you're thing. right. That was terrible. I hated that. Yeah. See, Jordan? And then the Jafar fight at the end was awful. It's not that bad once you figure out the rhythm. But it's I like, never figured out the rhythm. It's one of those things where you have to throw apples when he turns into a snake. Oh, and there's also the Iago fight where he's like on the treadmill and he's like shooting the ghost Jafars at you and the lightning's coming out See, of the that hourglass. that was easy. That no. one I didn't even think. That was so easy. It, I don't know. There was it, one spot where he couldn't hit you and you could just sit there and spam the apples and well, boom, you were done. I didn't find that spot and also I wasn't cheating at that point, so I, don't, I think I was running out of apples at so. There's a lot of accusations throwing around. I didn't like use that many save states. It was like once at the beginning of each level. <laughs> Regardless, I didn't find that spot. But the Jafar fight, when he turns into a snake, you have to... There are the, There's like four platforms, and if you jump on them, a, a flame shoots up instantly. So yeah. it's like you have to jump and move forward and then jump over the snake. And when you run out of apples, the apples kind of appear on those platforms. Yeah. And so you have to do this very tricky, like, uh, jump across the platform, grab the apples, jump on the ground, jump over the flame that he's shooting to throw an apple, jump over the flame that he's shooting, throw an apple four times, and then jump back on the platform, jump over the snake, grab more apples, jump over the flame, and rinse and repeat. And it's like, it's not a difficult pattern to understand, but it's not, it's not an easy pattern to execute perfectly. This is my theory about boss fights in retro games. Every single boss fight should be you have to hit them three times. If you have to hit them more than three times, I'm not interested in it. That's not that's not a boss <laughs> fight that I'm interested in. Because a classic retro boss fight, you should have to hit them three times. Preferably, you should have to jump on their head three times, but I'll take you know, whatever else you want to add, throw three bombs or reflect their own attack three times. I'll do whatever, but it has to be three times, and if it's more than that, it's too long. <laughs> this fight reminded me of like every Shredder fight when it's like we've been doing the whole game is only an hour long, but this Jafar fight is 20 minutes long. Uh, it's not 20 minutes long. Um, it took me forever because I could not figure out the pattern. Yeah, but overall, just the boss fights in this game are like, eh, these feel more like a chore than like a fun boss fight. Um, I agree. I agree. They all kind of have like a predictable mechanic to them once you figure them out. Like that last boss fight, I just, you know, I explained the pattern. I feel like they all kind of have that sort of like, oh, this is the thing I'm supposed to do, which I guess is just a generic boss fight thing to say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't have any fun with pretty much any of the boss fights in this game, I don't think. Yep. I, I agree with that. Except I, I did a, the Iago one was okay for me, but the rest of them, I agree. Not fun. I really didn't like the Iago fight, but it sounds like you found a better strategy than I did for that one. So, I got all the best strats. Yeah, yeah, all the best strats, all the hot video game takes. I, you're just you're filled with um, something magical. <laughs> uh, you know, know, it's been said that I'm the voice of our generation, and you know, I, uh, um, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I mean, like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Has that been said? <laughs> it was literally just said, and it will be preserved uh, for all eternity <laughs> on this podcast. Oh. All right, my friend. Do you have anything else uh, that you don't think the That's game did so well? No. It's, it should be illegal to talk about a game for longer than it takes to beat it, so I think we have to cut it off there. <laughs> all right.
So, what would you pay for the experience that you had with Aladdin? You know, it's funny. My wife asked me that earlier. We were out for a walk, walking around the neighborhood, looking at Christmas lights. And she asked me because she knew I was playing Aladdin. And she asked me. And so I actually have thought about this more than just the second right now that you're asking me. And I feel very comfortable saying $4. Wow. Twice as good as a normal game. It's incredible. I don't know why. I think it's just because I had fun with it and um, they, they had the good music and it's a fun license and I don't know. I just, I, I, I had fun with it, but it's not like mind blowing. You shouldn't like run out to play it. If you, if you played it when you were younger and you have good memories, like you're not going to be let down, but it's also not going to change your life if you've never played it before. Now, Jordan, I'll have you know that in my research, I noted that uh, EGM awarded this game not only best animation, but it was the best Genesis game of 1993. Wow. I think, That's, you know. I think that this actually is potentially one of the best games on the Genesis, in my personal opinion. Wow. You don't have the highest view of the Sega Genesis, so hey that's now, hey maybe now. not saying Easy. much. <laughs> um, I like it well enough. I, mean, I think over the course of this podcast, we found like three games that you enjoy on the Genesis. So, didn't we come up with a desert island list of like fourteen that I enjoy? <laughs> Maybe I mean, but like even some of those, you're like, I guess I'll take that if I, you know, if I have to. Flicky, Bonanza Bros. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You came up with games that nobody has ever heard of before, too, which just goes to show your depth of knowledge and care for the Sega Genesis. (laughs) But you know what? As we play more of them on the show, we're finding more that we like and enjoy. Like I'd never played Gunstar Heroes until we covered it on the show. And that game is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing that's interesting too, is I discovered this uh, part of pricecharting.com this past week that I hadn't discovered before, where if you click on a console, it tells you uh, the average price of games for the console. And it has a historical chart back to like 2008 in some cases. And so it can be depressing when you look at, you know, the NES chart and you see uh, the average NES license game in March of 2008 was $7. Okay. And now the average is like $31. Whoa. It can really, um, yeah, it can, (laughs) it can be depressing. Uh, But the, I feel like when I looked at the Genesis chart, the average Genesis game was around the $20 mark where it might've even been a little bit lower than that. Whereas the average NES and the average super NES game were around the $30 mark. So I think generally Genesis is not quite, I mean, it's not saying that people don't like it as much, but the collecting market for it isn't as high. So I don't know what that means. But it means that those commercials from all those years ago still ring true. That Genesis does what Nintendo don't. It it does uh, sell for cheaper. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's a bad thing or not. That's a different conversation for a different day, though. Um, for me, I'm feeling ten to twelve dollars on this one. Um, that sounds right for you. Yeah. Yeah, I like this game. I I have nostalgia for this game. I remember playing it as a kid. And whenever I go back to it, I feel like I have a good time. I feel like I go back to it every two or three years and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I like this game. This is a good game. Good music. I like these levels, you know. Um, it's, It's one of those games. So, yeah, I think I think I can comfortably say 10 to 12, which I guess should just mean 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's probably, just take the average. Let's, uh, let's do some math, Jordan. What is the average of 10 and 12? Damn, we almost made it through a whole episode without you forcing me to do math. I was like getting my hopes up. <laughs> What's the answer, Jordan? <laughs> it's 11. It's 11. See? I'm answering under you duress. It. You forced me into it. I didn't did want it. to do the math. <laughs> I went this whole day without doing anything. I never even opened up my calculator app. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like your math teacher used to say, Jordan, you're not always going to have a calculator in your pocket. You should learn to do it's math. It's a lie. I literally always <laughs> have multiple calculators. I got my 
iPad and my phone and my computer. Like I, I'm never more than 10 feet away from a calculator. <laughs> and if I am, I surely don't need to solve a math problem. <laughs> uh, I wonder if that's actually true in most cases. Uh, anyways, <laughs> Jordan, what do you think this one uh, is going for on eBay slash price charting? All right. I'm kind of disappointed that this little bit of trivia didn't show up in our inbox when we requested trivia, but I saw on a video about this game that Aladdin is actually tied for the third best-selling Genesis game of all time, mm-hmm. tied with Sonic and Knuckles. Yep. So four, that four makes million me think, copies, Jordan. Four million. Yeah. That's a lot of copies out there. Um, and it's also like a license based on a movie game, which I feel like, I don't know, those don't ever seem to like hold their value the same way like a classic original game does. So I I think that you could find this for like $9. I think that's a very good guess. <laughs> Price charting has this one at around $9 on yes. average eBay. It's been a while since I bullseyed one. Yeah, well, it's 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 not a bullseye, but it's pretty darn close. Uh, we'd have to get into change. Didn't you for bullseyes? Oh, change. Forget change. <laughs> I Who know cares about change. So I'll, I'll round up. the The price charting average is actually eight dollars and eighty five cents, Jordan. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, eBay said it was trending at ten dollars and fifty cents. Um, okay. So $9 right in there. Uh, Boom. very, very good guess. Uh, any stab at the, uh, the pal mega drive version. <laughs> Ooh, um, the mega drive version. Let's just double it. Let's say $18. <laughs> no, no, not quite that bad. Uh, okay. $13, $13. Okay. So, I was gonna, I started to second guess myself. I'm like, do they like Disney movies in the pal region? <laughs> I don't know. It maybe it's a whole new world over there. I don't really know. I guess it's a whole old world. I guess we're in the new world. They're in the old world. Thirteen dollars. That's not too bad of a pal tax, but definitely. I mean, like yeah. percentage wise, I'm not going to try to figure out what the percentages, but that's a hefty hike. Well, you got a calculator on you, right? I do, but I'm using <laughs> I'm using my iPad to have my notes on it, and I have my phone running this phone call. So I I don't know. I just like I can't be bothered to open a calculator app right now. Jordan, are you are you using the notes app? I am. Hashtag notes app. Make sure you guys if you if you haven't heard, you can download the Apple Notes app to your iPad, to your computer, to your phone for free. Just use our promo code notes app. Um, you go to notesapp.com and click on the microphone in the corner and use promo code notesapp and we will get um, 0% of your $0 purchase of the Notes app. It's a great app. We can't recommend it highly enough. Um, we're not just saying it because they sponsor us, but because we truly love the Notes app. Can you say that you're sponsored by a company that you're not sponsored by? Uh, yeah, it's obviously a joke. So come at me, Tim Cook. If you want to if you wanna wrestle over this, we'll take all of that free publicity. <laughs> Oh man. All right. So so worth it or worthless, $9. I have to say worth it by default, obviously. You do. Um uh, I don't know. Like I had a good time with it, but I'm not running out to buy this one at $9. <laughs> what if it was on Switch and you found a copy of it for I don't know, say $20 with Lion King? See, I I hate The Lion King. The game is so hard. I never got past the second level. I don't even. I'm not sure they ever program more than two levels in that game. Yeah, but what? Oh, yeah. I just can't wait to be king. Is uh is a horrible level. Um, it's so bad. It's yeah. impossible. Yeah. Why do you put that second? I mean, they were trying to be faithful to the movie, which I I appreciate. But holy cow. <laughs> well, they got rewind feature now, so you know. It's a little better. It's a little better. Um, I, maybe, I guess. that's That shouldn't be the only way. I, I tried to beat it without, like, just straight up on a Sega Genesis a couple years ago and had a miserable time for, like, an hour straight. Could not beat that level. Yeah, that game is uh, that game is something. It's something. Maybe we'll play it at some point on the show. Oh, no. Oh, man. So you are calling it worthless. 
Yeah, I, 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 well, I got it. Yeah, it's it's not a bad game by any means, but that's more than twice what I want to pay for it. So this is me being me. If you are a stingy, only kind of into retro game person, it's probably not worth it to you. If you are like Dan and you love retro games and you have no problem just blowing fat stacks on them, then go for it. $9, do it. <laughs> or for, I think, the PS4 and Xbox One Disney classics, whatever the thing is called, with Aladdin and, and Lion King. You can get that for like 15 bucks. And then I think the Switch version goes for uh, maybe a little over 20. Full price, they're all $30, I think, like digitally, which is not worth it uh, at all. I don't know what they were thinking making it $30, but um, I would say the rewind feature and some of the nice museum features and different versions of the game do make the collection worth probably around 15 to $20. Um, so maybe check it out if it's on sale and you're interested, but check it out. If it's on sale and you're interested is like the least <laughs> ringing endorsement you can give anything. Well, it's twice as much as super into it. And it's already like half off. Like, you know, might as well. Why not? Well, cause it's twice as much as the original version, but it's, it's quality of life features that are like, yeah, those will probably make the game that much more fun to be twice as, as valuable. Yeah. But I don't know if Lion King increases the value of the collection, but at least with rewinds and save states, you could probably see the end of the game. I think they even have level select built in. There you go. So there that you helps. go. Just skip that second level. Yep. Yep. Um. All right, Jordan. Do we, uh, do we have trivia today? Yes, Dan, we do have trivia. We got a couple questions. Our first one comes from Rin on Instagram. And you may have noticed, Dan, that there were some Easter eggs thrown in the backgrounds where they featured different Disney characters. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. one of these Disney characters does not appear as an Easter Ooh. egg in the background? It's not Sebastian. Is it? Well, oh, you just want to go for it? Yeah, well, gonna guess? No, I saw Sebastian in the dungeon today. I was like, all right, yes. <laughs> I was like, that's. I'm surprised Disney let them do that. <laughs> yeah, hanging up there in prison stocks. Well, let me let me give you let me give you the options, Dan, and then and then you can say which one is not in the game. So is it Goofy, Sebastian, Mickey Mouse, or Lumiere? Which one of those four characters is not in the game? Oh man, so I think. I'm going to say Lumiere because uh, I think Beauty and the Beast came out after Aladdin and after this game. Oh, look at you using your powers of deduction. (laughs) You are correct. Uh, Goofy, you'll see Goofy in the desert level. He's on one of the columns. Yep. His face is actually printed on a bunch of the columns. Sebastian, as you said, is in prison stocks in the jail level, which is like, he looks so sad. I actually like yelled. I was like, look at Sebastian. And I was trying to point him out to my wife. Uh, And then Mickey Mouse is also in the prison. You see a Mickey Mouse hat on several of the skeletons, which is also very dark. I'm surprised Disney allowed that. Yeah, I didn't notice. I don't think I noticed the Mickey Mouse thing. Now that you mentioned the Goofy thing, I'm like, yeah, I kind of remember seeing that somewhere. I just happened to notice the Sebastian thing today. I was like, that's messed up. So it's funny that you bring up this trivia question because (laughs) I accidentally tripped upon some of it. So. There we go. All right, Dan. So on the last one, you kind of jumped the gun. And so that's going to work for this one because I don't have multiple choice here for you. This is sort of just going to be you <laughs> using your your powers of deduction, your, your research for this game. Retro Librarian Gamer sent us in this question and he asked, he says, Shinji Mikami, I'm sure I said that wrong, a developer on the Capcom version for the Super Nintendo has stated in multiple interviews that if he didn't make the Super Nintendo version, he would prefer the Genesis version. For what reasons did he seem to prefer the Genesis game over his own? Uh, so this is completely a guess. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say the animations. Well, that was a good guess, Dan, because the answer were he thought that the animation was better in the Genesis <laughs> game, and he liked the sword. He wanted a sword in the Super Nintendo version, but they couldn't make it happen for some reason. Uh, yeah, um, melee attacks I've, I've heard were tough to do on the Super Nintendo. Not a lot of games could really fit those in. Um, 
I can understand how they weren't able to uh, to compete on that front. Yep. So there you go. Thank you, Retro Librarian Gamer. And to Rin, we will reach out to you guys, get your addresses, and send you some stickers in the mail. Thanks for your contribution to the show. Jordan, speaking of Retro Librarian Gamer. Yeah. We have a, we have a November birthday bounty winner. Yes, this month we were giving away a copy of Hyperstone Heistan's favorite game on the Genesis, and we had a lot of entries. We had 33 entries, and we had Siri pick a random number and drew out our winner, and our winner was Retro Librarian Gamer. So congratulations, you have won yourself a copy of Hyperstone Heist. Yeah, congratulations. Happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday from Dan to you. Um, You know, we can probably send the game along with your stickers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that wasn't, that wasn't all- our, oh, Go ahead. we are on the same page. That wasn't our only bounty this month. We also had a special bounty giveaway on Discord for everybody participating over there. We uh, have a Nintendo prize pack, swag bag, what have you, whatever you want to call it. A bunch of cool Nintendo stuff, um, some cool uh, hats and keychains and stuff from gamer hats on instagram and the winner of that giveaway is ths spurs th spurs ths spurs fan <laughs> the spurs fan you know who you are english and math you are. english and math not jordan's strong suit <laughs> it's it's really hard when you're trying to um take people's like usernames and like screen names and convert them into saying them out loud. Cause I don't think a lot of them were meant to be said out loud. So I apologize Spurs fan. Um, but you won, you won a bunch of cool Nintendo stuff just for participating on our discord server this month. And uh, yeah, that's why you should be on discord. You can come and hang out, talk to people about cool retro games and possibly win some free stuff. Yeah. The discord I'm having a lot of fun. Um, I just want to give a shout out to mayonnaise real quick. Uh, a shout out to mayonnaise who's not a person if you're wondering who's mayonnaise is that another one of those weird screen names no it's just that dan and one of our discord uh friends emo fergie got into a big argument about mayonnaise and no. what it should and shouldn't be used on <laughs> it wasn't even emo fergie but who was it anyways <laughs> it's fake mike jones it's retro librarian oh. gamer it's snes's life it's everybody <laughs> So not only Listen. on our Discord are we talking about retro games, showing off our collections, you know, playing text RPGs and Pokemon, we're getting into arguments about mayonnaise and burritos, and it's just, it's it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> it's a good time. If you're not already part of that community, what are you waiting for? Come and join us on Discord. It's a lot of fun. And it's super easy. Just check out the link in the description of this show and you can come over and join us on Discord. Yeah, and just for chatting or even playing the games on Discord, you'll be leveling up to earn extra bounty entries. Um, You can earn... In November, we gave a bonus opportunity for a second entry with the, the show itself, but you could earn three entries by chatting on Discord, giving you an opportunity of five entries towards the copy of Hyperstone Heist and stuff like that. So hopefully it's worth your time. Hopefully you can have some fun and uh, get some cool stuff for hanging out with us on Discord. Yes. Speaking of winning free stuff, we're giving away some more free stuff this month. Since this is December, we figure why not give away some Disney stuff? Whoever wins this month will have their choice. You can pick between a copy of Rescue Rangers for the NES, Aladdin for the Genesis, or DuckTales for the NES. Yeah, three of uh, three of Disney's retro games that I enjoy quite a lot. Uh, the next episode is, of course, going to be Rescue Rangers. So it's kind of like, well, we'll just give away the stuff we're covering, plus DuckTales, because it's great. Um, yeah, so all you have to do to enter December's bounty is to let us know what your favorite Disney game is. Yes, it's that easy. Just send us a direct message on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can send us an email at worthitorworthlesspodcast at gmail.com, or you can DM me or Jordan on Discord as well. It doesn't matter how you oh. contact us. It's just, just contact us. Let us know that you're, you want to enter uh, the bounty for the month. Yes, lots of ways to contact us. Just let us know what is your favorite Disney game, and you'll be entered to win. Uh, other than that, Jordan, do you have anything else that you would like to talk about before we wrap up the show with our music segment? 
Oh, I've got lots more, Dan, but I think I'll save it for a couple weeks from now. <laughs> that's, that's good to know. Uh, guys, as always, all of the information, videos, any resources we mention will be in the podcast description. Any music you hear, all that stuff, you can look in the podcast description to find out what it is if you want to check it out and learn more. Uh, today's track is from Coffee Date. It's a um, it's a Sonic the Hedgehog cover of Green Hill Zone. Um, this is Dan's way of just rubbing the dirt in the wound. Uh, the only franchise to sell better on the Sega Genesis than Aladdin was Sonic. So we're going to end our Aladdin episode by adding insult to injury with a Sonic song. <laughs> what are you trying to say about Sonic? I'm just saying that Aladdin <laughs> couldn't beat Sonic. Uh, well, <laughs> can't go that fast. Can't go that fast. He's always bragging about being one step ahead, but he can't be one step ahead of Sonic. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.